0: Hey Dad, doesn't our church volunteer at the food pantry in Close Closet?
1: Yeah, in fact, our turn is coming up soon.
0: If someone wanted to volunteer, what do they need to do?
1: Well, they just need to contact Linda Morris or contact the church office
2: or they could just fill out the tear tab inside their bulletin.
3: This Valentine's Day, Cameron UMC is offering free child care from 5 to 10 p.m. We will have pizza, games, and a movie for your children while you go on a hot date.
0: Oh, yes.
3: Please grab a registration form at the information desk in the entryway. You can return it to the church office or give it to Bauer or Colby Pulse. Please turn it in by February 12th. Thank you.
2: Mark your calendars for our New Traditions worship service on February 23rd. This service will feature a non-traditional style of music. Come early for coffee, baked goods, and fellowship.
4: Good morning, you all look okay, I, I was a little worried Sunday about halftime, um, I, I uh, told Deb that um, I needed to go into the room and pray because I was worried I was going to have to do counseling if I didn't pray harder, um, and, and uh, Deb is taking all the credit for um, Kansas City winning the Super Bowl, um, she lived in San Francisco when they won. Uh, she lived in Chicago when they won, and she lived in St. Louis when they won. Um, so, so you all don't want us to move away. <laughs> um, it is great to be here. On this day, um, in the United Methodist Church, uh, we celebrate Scout Sunday. Um, and um, you see, I have a uniform on, but you will notice that there are not nearly as many patches on my uniform as you're going to see on some of the folks who are going to come forward here. Um, when I was in St. Louis, um, we had our first Scout Sunday um, when I was there, and so I was the, uh, the chartering rep. And so uh, the scouts said, Oh, if we get you a shirt, will you wear it on Scout Sunday? And I said, Oh, of course I will, thinking they would never get me one. They did. Um, And so um, I enjoy wearing this on Scout Sunday. Uh, This is actually, I think it's the 100th anniversary of the United Methodist Church celebrating a Scout Sunday, if I remember correctly. Um, So I'm going to ask the Scouts to come forward. And while they're doing that, um, um, I want uh, a couple of things I want to make sure that you're aware of is uh, Reva Ward. Some of you may know Reva. Um, She'll be celebrating her 90th uh, birthday. And there's some information about an address. If you'd like to send cards to her, it's back on the green bulletin board. So take an opportunity to write that down so that you can do that. Um, And then also Richard Butts passed away um, this week, and so uh, they need to be in our prayers. Um, And lastly, I'll just remind you, um, fill out the attendance sheet. Um, If you're interested in, in working at the food pantry, note that on here. Any joys or concerns you have, please put on the back. Welcome. We charter um, the, the PAC and a Girl Scout troop. Um, it's scouting BSA. Scouting BSA. Um, so um, I don't know how many of those there are in Missouri. It's uh, just a new thing for the Scouts in the last couple of years. And so um, you started in February. February. That's a, awesome. That is so cool. Um, I am going to give um, Kelly an opportunity. Kelly is the... Um, you're the Cub Master, no? I'm, no. I'm, I'm Amanda. Oh, Amanda. I'm sorry. So Kelly us, so yeah. is here. Mm-hmm. I get the names right yeah, here in fine. a minute, um, and then Rob does the uh, the girls' troop, mm-hmm, right. and so uh, they both have a presentation, and um, they're also just going to share some words about uh, the troop and the things that they do. So you're going to do? Are you going to do the talking, Amanda? <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, let me try this, it should be, Oh, well it helps if I turn it on for you, okay, now try it. Hello, is it on? I think, yes? Hello. Oh, it keeps going off, okay. Does that mean the battery's dead? No, there we go. Why is it going off? Yeah, the battery's dead. You can talk loud? Okay.
1: But we do a lot of different community service. We do a lot with the Veterans Home. Every year we go caroling there. Um, The boys and girls, they make posters and cards for the veterans. This year we actually presented popcorn also from all of our um, popcorn sales. We have like military donations. So um, we took popcorn and handed it out at the Veterans Home, Um, along with we do I took a group of kids we went over to the second harvest over in St. Joe and we helped sort food we also since there's several kids that have siblings in the boy troop and the girl troop we all come together for a lot of our community service so several of the pack have even helped do trash pickup on the roads they've also um, yes we cleaned up at the nursing home they wanted to they have their little um courtyard Courtyard, and they needed some yard work and different stuff done so we had from the girls troop boys troop and from the pack there so we did a lot of work there all together Um, we do the flag ceremonies at the football games Um, then also for the like christmas and cameron we've always had like a scout location and offered games and food uh, and activities they did keychains and what else this year? Is that your guys' activity? Did keychains this year? Yeah, we had food. Um, what else?
3: You guys, the PAC helped with, and has helped with the uh, American Legion flags.
1: Yes, with the American Legion flags. And also, I usually get with the. Um, youth group and we also try to help them with their missions. So like we've done the rice bowls for several years and then we collected stuff for like the Children's Mercy and did different stuff for the previous years.
3: Uh, I'm Rob Funches, scoutmaster of the uh, girl troop, uh, troop eight sponsored by uh, Nine Methodist Church in Cameron uh the um we've done a lot of the activities like kelly has mentioned uh our girls went to camp last year we've got nine girls currently in the troop uh we've got we have some girls that have advanced scout ranks right now um we have uh, several girls who have just started so we're all the way from just started to uh, some of them maybe within uh, maybe less than a year from getting an eagle so uh, they are uh, very, very working very hard on their on their badges and all of that. And my name is Amanda Turhune. I am the committee chair for both Troop Eight or Troop Eight and pac Two Forty Nine. Um, I am on the council level, council religious emblem coordinator. We have one young man here that has earned all four of his religious emblems. My son Dakota Terhune with Scouts. So. Um, And on behalf of PAC 249 and Troop 8, and Rob can come up here with me, we wanted to present our charter to the church and thank them for 32 years of sponsorship with PAC 249 and our first year, 32 years with 249, and uh, first year now with Troop 8. Awesome.
4: Well, we'll do 32 years with y'all too, right? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you. Thanks, Kelly. And thank you, kids. All right. All right. How many of you all, oh wait, before I do, how many folks have been in Scouts? In the, I know, I know uh, there's several here. Stand up if you've been in Scouts. Come on, stand up. Here we go, look at that. So you all know the difference it makes um, in um, your lives. Um, how many of you all are going to get your Eagle Scout Award? Not this year, before you get done. Come, everybody raise your hand, come on. There we go.
3: How many of you just recently got their Eagle Scout huh? Award? Oh. Yeah, so we've got some that are just now brand new eagles. So who are they?
4: Awesome. Um, The rest of you, just keep working hard. You'll get there, right? Isn't that what you tell them? All right. Um, Can we, um, um, I'm going to say a prayer over the folks here, um, and then I'm going to invite you all um, to, you know, that's kind of okay, but you can do better than that. Let's pray. <laughs> Gracious God, uh, we just thank you for um, this troop and this pack and, and for the leaders and for all that they do to help um, instill uh, a character in uh, girls and boys and youth. And um, we just thank you for that. And we just ask, Lord, that you would pour out your spirit upon them and upon this troop uh, that um, as they uh, participate in sp- scouts, that they might be drawn closer to you. Um, and that they might truly make a difference in the lives of other people as their own lives are shaped and transformed. In Christ's name, amen. All right, as they go back, come on. Thank you. You can go that way, this way, whichever way you want to go. Thank you, Pastor Dan. Thank you. You betcha. Hey, young man. And now, I'm going to invite you all to stand as the um, acolytes prepare to light our candles. And may we be reminded, as they come forward and they bring this light forward and they light the candles, may we be reminded that we do this to remind ourselves why we have gathered here to remind ourselves that we come in anticipation and expectation that we will encounter God and His Spirit, and that Spirit will shape us and form us. Let us uh, celebrate Christ's presence this day. now as the band comes forward, and we'd like the Paschal candle to be reminded of uh, Richard Butts and to hold them up in, in prayer this day. Let us pray. Gracious God, pour out your spirit upon us. Open up our hearts and our minds, the very depths of our soul that we may be prepared to um, receive your word this day that we may allow the Spirit to shape us and to form us and to continue uh, to help us to become people who live and love like Jesus. Um, Be with us in the midst of our worship this day. Amen. Amen. Let's all join our voices together.
2: One, two, three. Come set your rule and reign. In our hearts again, increase in us we pray, unveil why we're made. Come set our hearts ablaze with hope, like wildfire in our very souls. Holy Spirit come, invade us now. We need your power in us We seek your kingdom first We hunger and we thirst We refuse to waste our lives For you're our joy and prize To see the captive hearts release The hurt, the sickness the Is we are your church. We pray revive this earth. Build your kingdom here. Let the darkness fear, Show your mighty hand. Heal our streets and land on fire with this nation back, bring the atmosphere, build your key. Seed in us Fill us with your strength And love of pride
4: i'm going to invite you now we're uh, as a part of the prayers of the people today we're going to do a prayer of confession in unison and um, part of the church tradition has been part of our worship service is a time for us to stop and to reflect and to just remember those places where we have fallen short in the previous week not so that we beat ourselves up but so that we acknowledge that we still need God's help in and through our lives. And so I'm going to invite you to join with me as we offer up this uh, prayer of confession. Please join with me. Forgive us, Lord, for the times this week when we failed to be trustworthy and loyal followers of Jesus and his ways. Forgive us for the times we saw a need, and chose to pass by an opportunity to be helpful. Forgive us for excluding and ignoring other people rather than taking time to engage others in a friendly conversation or simply with a friendly smile. Forgive us for treating others rudely, harshly, or even with contempt when we know you call us to be courteous and kind not just to our friends, but also to strangers and adversaries. Forgive us for the times we chose to follow our selfish desires and agendas, rather than being obedient to God's Word and Spirit. Forgive us for adopting a doom and gloom attitude instead of cultivating a spirit that is thankful and cheerful. Forgive us for being wasteful and reckless with the earth's resources, rather than being thrifty in managing these resources so that future generations might enjoy their beauty and benefits. Forgive us for lacking the courage to speak up for the powerless and marginalized. Empower us to be brave in working for justice. Forgive us for polluting our hearts and minds with hate and fearfulness, rather than allowing the Spirit to create in us a clean and reverent heart that overflows with love of God and love of others. And now I invite us to join our voices together as we offer up the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now I invite you to stand as we join our voices together and sing, God of grace, or grace greater than our sin. I'm and now you're invited to turn and greet one another as the children come forward for the children's moment. All righty. I didn't know there was this so many, so many of you all here. You were hiding in the back back there, weren't you? Huh? All righty. I got some questions for you, okay? See if you can give me some answers. What do you say? Okay? If your brother has a plate of cookies, or your sister, or a friend, well, what do you, do you hope they'll do with those cookies? Do you want them to eat them all themselves? What do, you, what, you, what do you hope? Huh? They would share? Right? Okay. Now, if you have a plate of cookies, what do you think you should do then? Share. Okay, that's an easy one, right? That, of course, that might be hard for me. Like, if I have a plate of chocolate chip cookies. I don't like to share, do I? No, Deb's laughing because she's like, if I share a chocolate chip cookie with you, I'm having a good day. I'm kidding, okay? If, if um, you're kind of feeling down and sad, what do, you, what do you hope your friends will do? Come talk to you? What? Cheer you up, right? Uh-huh. okay we're going to get to that one next Um, so so you hope they come and cheer you up right so like if you have a friend that's down what should you do cheer them up right okay like if if you're feeling like nobody cares about you and you're sitting by yourself at the lunch table what, what do you hope somebody will do Somebody will come and sit by you, right? And and at that point, you don't even care if they're a stranger, right? That would be okay even if you don't know them. If somebody would just come and sit next to you, right? So every now and then, don't you think it'd be a good idea if at lunchtime and you see somebody sitting by themselves, you just go sit with them? You might make a new friend, right? Yeah. When your brother or sister, or or when um your brother or sister wants to argue with you. What do you hope will happen? That oh, that they get in trouble. Hmm, that's not what I had in mind. But okay, that works sometimes. <laughs> now, if you're the one arguing, do you hope you get in trouble? No, I hope they do. Oh, so you still hope they get in trouble, even if you? Mm-hmm. Huh. We need to think about that one, don't we? Huh? No, no. no we don't. Not really. Okay. <laughs> oh, I love honesty. We need to learn a little bit of that, don't we? Um, We would hope that we could just end the argument without anybody getting in trouble, right? Because, I mean, we don't want to get in trouble, right? Yes? And so, in, in our scripture today, there's a passage that says, treat others the way you want to be treated. And in fact, uh, there was a a Jewish rabbi who once once said something like this. If if you don't, you know, don't do the hateful things to other people that you don't want done to you. Treat other people the way you want to be treated. And and in essence, um, in reality, that one bit of scripture, it it sums up... um, What Jesus calls us to do, doesn't it? To love other people. And everything else is just kind of demonstrations and ways of learning to do that. And so um, here's my invitation to you. The next time you interact with your brother or your sister, or someone at school who's really got underneath your skin, okay? Think. Is that the way I would like them? How would I like them to treat me? And then try treating them that way. What do you think? You think you can try that? Maybe? that kind of be different, right? Because that's not the way most people do it, right? A lot of times we don't think about, we, we think we do things to other people and then we think when they do the same thing to us, we think, well, what is their problem? Right? Yes? No? Maybe. Like when we start something we want them to get in trouble. When they start something, we want them to get in trouble. <coughs> right? Yes, sir. Um, sure, like
0: a guy, like um, he was like scared at an elephant and then the elephant was trying to get him, and then and then he went to the bill place and
4: then and then the bill he was headed and he was dead. And he did what? I didn't catch all of that. Thank you. Okay, are you all going to try that this week? Okay. Are you going to try to... Are you all going to try that this week? Yes. Okay. Will you, will you try it for me, please? No, you're not sure? Maybe. Maybe fine, okay. Just try it one week for me, would you? Thank you. I would appreciate that. Okay? All right. Can we pray? Gracious God, help us, even when we don't want to treat people the same way we want them to treat us. Help us to treat them the way that you would want us to treat them, as well as the way that we would like them to treat us. For we know, Lord, if we follow your ways, that indeed the world will be a better place. And all of God's children said, Amen. All right? Good deal. I'll see you next week. I'll check in and see how that went. people. Huh. Wouldn't it be good if we live into that? Um, not just in the church, but in our community and in the world. I don't know about y'all, but um, I look around and, and I think, uh, you know, we're living in some of the most divisive, un uncivil um, times, it seems like, at least when we interact with each other, We seem to be so much about judging and condemning people who don't look like us and act like us. And unfortunately, that's not just in society, is it? It's also in the church. In fact, um, survey after survey um, tells us that the majority of people outside the church see the church as being judgmental. Nine out of ten people. Perceive the church as being judgmental. Now, that's those folks out there. They don't understand anything, right? Well, there's 53% of young people who are in the church see the church as being judgmental and condemning. Ooh, Sometimes I think we receive such uh, data and statistics and we just kind of uh, blow it off. Uh, But the reality is that often we seem to be more about judging and condemning other people. When I was going to seminary in um, Wilmore, Kentucky, uh, the young woman who cut my hair um, we were having a conversation one day, and I was asking her about church. And, and she said, well, I, I used to go to this church over here, um, but um, I got pregnant, and I wasn't married. And uh, it seemed like the church was more interested in making sure I understood how bad I was than coming alongside of me in the midst of that difficult time. Her experience of the church was one who could quickly condemn and point out what she had done wrong, but was unable to come alongside her to help her be reconciled and restored. And so she never stepped, stepped foot in that church again. Fortunately, uh, when she uh, was married and had uh, other kids, that she did find a church in which she felt like she could be received. And yet, she didn't feel comfortable telling them that she had had this experience. Because she was worried even that church might condemn her and judge her. we got to be honest with ourselves. Oftentimes the church has earned we have earned the reputation of being judgmental and condemning of other folks. We um, often know in James uh, chapter 1, James says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to grow angry because um, anger will hinder showing God's righteousness. Oftentimes, we are slow to listen, very fast to speak and grow angry, and condemning and judgmental of others. We often assume we know what people's motives are. We, we often um, seek to deconstruct without um, any um, effort to reconcile or reconstruct. We often, when we... Um, disagree with someone, or we think someone has done something wrong, we make it personal. And we participate in demonizing and and calling of names and those kinds of things. Sometimes if we're honest, I think, we like to be critical and judge other people because in some way, it makes us feel a little better about ourselves. It makes us feel a little bit more moral because we don't do this or a little bit more superior because we don't have that weakness or that fault. What do you think Jesus has to say about that? What, if, what, what, what do you say we take a look? We are, we are uh, going to look at Matthew chapter 7. We are, we are in This passage of Scripture, which is called the Sermon on the Mount, which is a a very intense and condensed teaching of Jesus um, and and, um, is likely a compilation of what Jesus taught for the three years that he did ministry. And we've already uh, heard much of his teaching, which is challenging to us who live in this upside-down world. Yes? Yes? He challenges us to live in a different way rather than just to do what everyone else is doing. And so I invite us to hear these words from chapter 7. They're going to sound familiar to you. Don't judge so that you won't be judged. You'll receive the same judgment you give. Whatever you deal out will be dealt out to you. Why do you see the splinter in your brother's eye or sister's eye but don't notice the log in your own? How can you say to your brother or sister, let me take that splinter out of your eye when there is a log in your own eye? You get the humor and ridiculousness of that, that Jesus teaches this to the people who are listening? You deceive yourself. First, take the log out of your eye, and then you'll see clearly to take the splinter out of your brother's or sister's eye. Don't give holy things to dogs, and don't throw your pearls in front of pigs. They will stomp on the pearls and then turn around and attack you. Ask, and you will receive. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you, for everyone who asks receives. Whoever seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door is opened. Who among you will give your children a stone when they ask for bread, or give them a snake when they ask for fish? If you who are evil know how to give good gifts to children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good things to those who ask? Therefore, you should treat people in the same way that you want people to treat you. This is the law and the prophets, everyone with ears to hear. Hear the word of God this day and respond. Now, I want to unpack this passage of Scripture because on first reading, it kind of sounds like some disjointed uh, things have been thrown together, but I I want to suggest to you that this whole passage fits together well. Now, the one thing I want to make sure that we understand, because often uh, this very first line is pulled out, right? Have you ever heard somebody say, um, don't judge or you will be judged? Has anybody ever said that to you when you seem to be judging them about something? A- and, we, and sometimes we quote that as if, well, what Jesus means is that we're never supposed to judge um, discern or judge or evaluate whether an idea or an attitude or an action is right or wrong. But if we read this whole, this whole passage and all of Scripture, we know that Jesus is not saying that we are never to evaluate ideas or attitudes or actions, right? We, we know that that is not the intent of what this passage is all about. No, you see, I think that this passage is really uh, about discerning wisely. Certainly, uh, some folks have argued in this passage, do not judge lest you be judged. Um, they, they note that the Greek word um, speaks about condemnation. And so, indeed, it certainly means that we are not to condemn other people. And by condemning other people, uh, what it means is the word there meant to basically say to somebody, you're beyond restoration. You're beyond restoration and reconciliation. And so we should never treat anyone or speak to anyone as if they are beyond being restored or reconciled to God or to God's people. But I think Jesus is doing more than that in this passage. I think that he is challenging us in our relationships with other people to discern and to judge wisely in this upside-down world. I think that's why very quickly he follows and he says, how you judge, so will you be judged. We we don't like that. We don't like the portion of the Lord's Prayer that says, um, you will be forgiven just as you forgive other people. And yet, in both of these places, Jesus emphasizes that the way that we forgive and the way that we choose to discern, evaluate, and judge other people, it comes back to us. Now, if we think about it, that shouldn't surprise us, right? I mean, if we are always critical of other people and speaking and pointing out all the faults, eventually folks start to do the same thing to us, don't they? And so as a church, we shouldn't be surprised if we are so quick to point out everything that is wrong and talk about all the don'ts. We shouldn't be surprised when people look at the church and also point out our faults and our downfalls and our failure to live in love like Jesus The message, Eugene Peterson puts it in a wonderful way. He says, don't be quick to uh, pick on other people, to jump on their failures, or to criticize their faults. Unless, of course, that's what you want people to do to you. Now, I don't know about you, but oftentimes when I'm evaluating other people, that's not the first thought that I have. But I think Jesus is challenging us to slow down and to listen to God. If we have a condemning and judgmental attitude and nature, then that is how we will experience the world. We will experience the world as being critical of ourselves. So how is it then that we should judge and evaluate Jesus says, before you take the splinter out of your neighbor's eye, take the log out of your own eye. Now, I don't think that Jesus means that before you can help somebody else deal with issues or faults that they have, that you have to be a perfect person. I don't think that's what he's saying here. I think what Jesus is saying is that before we can help other people, we need to be a bit more self-reflective. We we need to understand our own faults and our own biases. We need to understand that um, it's possible uh, that we might be wrong about that splinter in someone else's eye. See, I think Jesus is um, emphasizing here that we need to make sure that our vision is as clear as possible if we are going to help someone else. A number of years ago, I got a piece of uh, glass in my eye from an exploding um, fluorescent light. And uh, I went to see the doctor. Now, if, if I had gone to see this doctor, and he'd come in with a patch over his eye and a big old hunting knife and said, Let me get that sucker. I'd been running because he was going to do more damage than help, right? See, I I think part of what Jesus is saying is is sometimes if we rush forward without thinking about our own biases, our own faults, our own things that we deal with, we might attack the splinter with a hunting knife instead of a pair of tweezers. And and this doctor, um, he had good eyesight, used bright lights, and uh, used uh, one of the smallest tweezers I've ever seen. And you know what? He got the splinter out, and it still hurt. Can you imagine what it had felt like if he'd used a hunting knife? And, And yet, that's how we treat people sometimes. See, I think Jesus is saying, we need to be aware of our own blindness and our blind spots, and we need to be aware that we could be wrong you think that's possible a couple of years ago the bishop uh, in the midst of the controversy in the church he, he suggested pastors should start every conversation off by saying i could be wrong but and he got grief from pastors like Why in the world would I start off a conversation saying, I might be wrong, but here's how I see it. Uh, This is how it is in Scripture. I can't be wrong. Wow. Now, I tell people, I know I'm wrong about something. I just wish I knew what it was, so I'd stop telling it to you. So sometimes y'all may have to help me. See, sometimes we think our interpretation of Scripture is Scripture. There's a difference. That's why earlier Jesus said, you have heard it said, but I say. Helping us to understand the intentions behind Scripture and what God intended with Scripture. And you know, if we're more aware of our own biases, of the logs, of the faults that we have, then we are more likely to be gentle and compassionate with others when indeed we seek to help them. Or we seek to correct them. Our only hope of rightly judging others and evaluating others is to have a sense of humility and self-reflection about ourselves. So as long as we're taking care of the log, we're ready to go forward, right? Wait a second. Jesus says something, really. I don't know about y'all. I'm sure you, you all perfectly understood this, right? When he said, um, after, the, after he talks about taking this out, right, he says, um, Don't give holy things to dogs. And don't throw pearls before pigs. What in the world is he talking about? Anybody know? Again, this is a passage we often pull out of this context. And we use it to say, well, there are some people that are just unworthy of hearing the gospel from us. Have you ever heard people use that passage in that way? Ah, it's a waste of time to go share the gospel with these folks. They're unworthy. I mean, dogs and pigs were not highly thought of in the first. You know this, right? Dogs and pigs. This is a Jewish community. Pigs weren't thought highly of. Neither were dogs. See, I don't think Jesus is saying you need to categorize people. These people are dogs. Eh, You guys are swine. You're the good people over here. I don't think that's what Jesus is calling us to do when he, when he does this. But if we hear it in the context of, of this thing about judging, I think what Jesus is saying is that we do need to evaluate the receptivity of people. Yes? Have you ever tried to offer words of wisdom to somebody who isn't ready to hear them? like your 13-year-old son? Yeah? You've experienced that, maybe? I I mean, I think what Jesus is saying, sometimes we can give the wisest, we can give the wisest advice to somebody, but if they're not receptive to it, if they're not ready to receive it, they're just going to trample all over it and, and... sometimes it's likely to do more damage than it is good. It'll just make them more angry. They'll push us away. See, I I think what Jesus is saying in this passage is that there's also a right time and a right way to share a concern we have about somebody else's behaviors or attitudes or actions. Yes? Does that make sense? I mean, this, this kind of makes sense to me. Because you see, um, if our goal is to truly help somebody rather than just to tell them that they are wrong, then we care about how they receive it, don't we? Now, if our whole goal is just to condemn them, and make sure they know, then we don't care. It's fine if they get mad. That just shows that they're even a worse person than I thought. Isn't that how we think sometimes? So Jesus is saying, if we're going to evaluate, if we're going to discern, if we're going to judge rightly, if we're going to be in community with one another to help each other grow and to overcome our mistakes and our faults and our sins... We need to be self conscious about ourselves, self reflection of ourselves. We need to uh, be sure uh, that we, we go in humility and with an understanding that we might be wrong. We also need to be aware and to discern whether timing is right and whether someone is receptive to hearing what we might say. And we probably need to discern whether or not we're in the right frame of mind to decide to, 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 to share it, also, don't you think? I th- that, was, that was my biggest problem with my 13-year-old son, is um, I felt like I needed to give him immediate feedback. Yeah, nah, I needed to relax, chill out, tone it down a little bit. I'm not sure I learned that till he was 20 years old, but... He still talks to me. Um, So we need to discern the timing. Now, it's interesting, this next passage, 7 through 11. Ask, seek and knock. Another passage of Scripture that's often been pulled out of context. In fact, it's often pulled out of context and it's like the basis for the name it and claim it faith. Yes? Um, All I got to do is just ask and seek and knock at the door and God will give it to me. Well, I mean, that may be what it means. I could be wrong. But I think in the context of this passage, and it very clearly goes with this passage, because verse 13, verse 12, um, where it says treat others the way you want to be treated ties back to the very first thing about judge the way you want to. So we know it all goes together. And so if we look at it in the context of this passage, you know what I think Jesus is saying when he says ask, seek, and knock. He's saying in the midst of conflict and disagreement, and where you think you need to correct somebody or help somebody to grow, invite God into the situation. Seek God's wisdom and God's guidance. Go knocking on the door and say, God, help me with this. See, that's what we do if our whole intention is to truly help someone. If our whole intention is to help them grow and be restored and be reconciled. If our whole intention is to understand first. because sometimes we find out after we've prayed and sought, and then we go encounter the person with a different attitude, we discover we've misinterpreted the whole situation. Rather than flying off the handle, And judging and condemning people, actions that undermine society and community and harmony. Jesus says, "Sure, you can do it that way. That's the way the world does it. Go ahead. What has it gotten us? Less civility, more division." A place where we can't even have conversations with people we disagree with anymore without demonizing them and calling them names. Is that the kind of world that anybody can flourish in? I don't think so. Maybe you all do. Ask, seek, Knock. Invite God into the situation and seek God's wisdom and guidance. And one last word, Jesus says, right? One last word. Treat people the same way you would like to be treated. Now, apply that to this whole situation. You do something wrong... We love it when somebody comes up and says, you stupid fool, what were you thinking? How could you do something so bad? And we receive that by saying, oh, thank you for sharing that with me. I appreciate that. No? That's how you all do it, right? No? You don't take that too well? Well, neither do I. So don't try that with me, please. <laughs> treat, uh, uh, it, treat other people the way you want. And Jesus, just to hammer this home, this is the law and the prophets, folks. You know, they didn't have the New Testament then. In other words, this is the summary of the Torah and the prophets. Uh, the the uh, rabbi Hillel said, everything else is commentary. Treat other people in the midst of disagreement, in the midst of something that you think that they have done wrong. Now, that, this does not mean if your, friend, um, if your friend wants the candy bar and picks it up and sticks it in his purse or pocket that you like, okay, I need to go home and pray about that one. it's okay to say, what are you doing in the midst of that, right? Timing's right then to say, what's going on? If you don't have the money, I'll buy it for you. Common sense. Jesus didn't say, get rid of our common sense, right? But if we treat other people the way that we want to be treated, then when we seek to correct other people, we will do it not out of condemnation, but we will do it out of a hope that they can be restored or reconciled, that they can grow and that they can learn. Uh, we will be charitable instead of critical. We will choose to do it privately rather than in the midst of a congregation. This young woman who had a child out of uh, in the midst of a, of a message on a Sunday, the pastor drew attention to her having... Been pregnant, out of wedlock. Huh? When we treat others the way we want to be treated, we're much more likely to be gentle rather than harsh. We're much more likely to approach people in humility rather than pride. and this is the one my wife had to keep reminding me of with my 13-year-old son, we're also more likely to act out of compassion rather than anger and frustration and disappointment. Because you see, the goal is not to beat people down. The goal is not to tell people how bad they are. The goal is that together, we help each other grow to be more and more like Christ each and every day. And that means we have to be open to receiving feedback and giving feedback in a productive way. See, if we really want to make a difference in the lives of other people, we have to be willing to come alongside one another, to journey with each other, to participate with each other, to invest our time and our energy to get to know one another so that we might help each other to live and to love more and more like Jesus so that we might make an impact in our world. We need to learn when someone does something that we think is terrible or wrong, we need to learn to see the potential of good in that person. And we need to ask and seek and knock and ask God if we are the person to help someone else or whether we need to be the one to receive. I want to close with this prayer. I don't remember where I came across this, but it seems like an appropriate prayer as we hear these words this day. And I challenge us as we continue to hear the words of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount that we not just say, oh, I don't believe that. I can't do that. But we allow the words to sink in because I truly believe if we learn to live in this way, not only will we flourish, but other people will flourish. And maybe we can begin to turn this upside down world right side up. Hear this prayer. Help us To believe the best about others until facts prove otherwise. To assume nothing. To seek all sides of the story. And to judge no one until we've removed the log in our own eyes. Until we have understood that we might be wrong and we have our own faults. May we bring not only the law to find fault and condemn, May, may, may we never bring only the law. May we never seek to only find fault and condemn. Help us always to bring the gospel, to give hope, to offer deliverance. As you, my judge and my friend, my Savior and my Lord, have so graciously done for me. And all God's people said, Amen if our ushers will come forward. Now is your opportunity to uh, respond to God by not just giving of your tithes and your gifts, but offering your whole selves to God. Ask God how you can better live out this Sermon on the Mount. gracious God, we just thank you for the gift, the giver. We ask, Lord, that indeed that you would bless both so that your kingdom work might be done, so that the world might experience hope and healing and wholeness as they connect with you. In Christ's name, amen. Now you're invited to remain standing, and we're going to sing, let there be peace on earth. The first time through, uh, let there be peace and let it begin with me. The second time through, let it begin with us. Um, Because I want us to remind, while it's individual, it's also about community. So let us join our voices together. Indeed, if there is to be peace on earth, if this upside-down world is to be turned right-side up, it begins with the people of God who have heard the Word of God and have determined to live the Word of God. And so let us go forth this day in the power of the Holy Spirit to live and to love like Jesus so that not only may we flourish, but our neighbors and our community and the world might experience the flourishing of God's kingdom. Go in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.